0: badly about it, but if you have your sword with you, turn to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. And I want to begin a series today I'm calling Steady in the Storm. Steady in the Storm. How many of you, since you were saved, had a storm or two? Well, Steady in the Storm. We're going to learn how today to Stay steady in the storms of life. Life, this planet is a storm-rocked planet. And Jesus taught us in Matthew 7:24, he's finishing out the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' master teaching, though they all were master teaching, this Sermon on the Mount is sort of all that he had to say in a nutshell. In Matthew 7:24, he's summing up his sayings. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat, beat on that house. The Greek language is clear, violently crashed against that house. And it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. And the rock was his teachings that were not just heard, but done, lived out. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and crashed, beat on that house. And it, what did it do, everybody? It fell. And what kind of a fall was it? Great was the fall. Father, we thank you for these words that your son gave to us to live by. Now help us, Lord, to learn to be steady in the storm, to not be a house that crashes, but a house that survives the storms of life. I pray for everyone in this place today in a storm that you will strengthen them, Encourage them and Lord, let wisdom enter their heart on how to navigate through that storm to emerge on the other side stronger than before the storm. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, turn to your neighbor and tell them, You're going to make it. God bless you. Now, Jesus is clearly destri- describing a storm, He's describing all the elements of a storm rain, winds, floods. And you know what Jesus is telling us? He's telling us that storms come to every life. Storms will come to every life. He didn't say if the rain falls, floods come, winds blow. He said when, when they do. Becoming a Christian doesn't storm proof your life. You will experience storms. He's also telling us That the time to prepare for storms is not when the storm hits, but the time to prepare for storms is when the skies are blue and all is well before the storm. The time to make your house storm-ready is before there's ever a storm. A few years ago, I was in Houston visiting family, and I just happened to be there when this terrible rainstorm, this terrible storm hit Houston. And in a, moment of, a matter of a few hours, Houston was massively flooded. And I mean, uh, it was a horrible thing to see. You looked out and cars were floating by. It happened in just a matter of hours out of nowhere. When I drove into Houston, the skies were blue. But in just a short time, this rolled in. And everything that was weak in that city yielded to the storm. The city's infrastructure was tested in the storm and everything that was not prepared was revealed everything that was not storm ready collapsed in the presence of the storm ecclesiastes 9 12 says for man also does not know his time like fish taken in a cruel net like birds caught in a snare so the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them Storms don't tell you that they're coming. Storms come out of nowhere. And when they strike the house of our faith, they test the infrastructure. They test what we're made of. Actually, they test what we have built on. They test how we have built. They test if we have built with wood, hay, and stubble, or if we've built with precious jewels and gold and silver. The storms test. What we have made our house or built our house on. How strong is the foundation, if there's any foundation at all? Jesus said that storm-ready people are those who build their lives on his teachings. And I'm going to say that again. Storm-ready people are not necessarily the brilliant or the talented or the charismatic or the capable, but storm-ready people are those who had enough sense to build their life on the teachings of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, he that hears these sayings of mine, he that hears them and does them, I will liken that person unto a wise man, a wise woman. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how educated you are. I've seen brilliant people, educated people, talented people. I've seen their lives crash, and we see it every day in the news. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how talented you are. What really matters when the storms of life hit are what did you build it on? What did you build your life on? What philosophy of life? What worldview? What did you build your life on? The storm will always reveal it. The house he mentions is your life. He who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken his house, his house. What is the house? It's your life. And his teachings make your life. Storm ready, able to withstand the storms without caving in. If you hear them and do them, Jesus said, You're wise. You're wise. Let me tell you a tale of four groomsmen. When Kathy and I got married uh, 28 years ago, we had four groomsmen. And I was thinking about these groomsmen just recently. I've seen all four of them go through storms since we were married. And I noticed that two of them, the storms crashed their life. The storms were not withstood. They had not stayed in church. They didn't stay in the Word. They didn't stay in fellowship. They were not really seeking the face of God. And when the storms hit, the storms had a debilitating effect on them, and their lives crashed. And to my knowledge, two of them, their faith, their walk with God has never recovered from the storms that struck their life. With one of them, it was financial. With another, it was a spiritual attack of temptations and confusion that hit their life. And they weren't ready. They weren't storm ready. I know the way they were living when the storms hit. But the other two also had storms strike their life. But I saw them go through the storms and emerge on the other side. And now their faith is intact and stronger than ever. You know, the same sun that melts butter hardens clay some people go through storms and it, and it hardens their heart hardens their life and causes them to walk away from God But other people go through storms and they melt in the presence of God. They seek the face of God. Their lives were storm ready. So they survive the storms of life and they come out on the other side. My point today is that storms are going to happen to every person in this room. You will not avoid the storms of life. And when they do, it's important to prepare and to know how to navigate through them. The howling winds of marital storms may come. You wake up one day and you realize you're distanced from the person that you married and there are problems and sometimes it seems like it is so far apart it might be impossible to ever regain it again. A storm, financial storms, the pelting rain of financial storms before you know it, you get a bill in the mail. It's a credit card bill. You didn't know that it had happened, but you had two or three of them and they have multiplied. And now your credit card debt is burying you. You've even thought the word bankruptcy. You wonder what to do because the pelting rain of financial storms have struck your life. What about the crashing floods of temptation? There you are, walking along one day, praising God, seeking him, and suddenly somehow a temptation finds its way into your mind, into your heart, and you find yourself being battered, the house of your faith, battered by the storms of temptation, by the flood of temptation, and you feel weak, you feel weak need, and you're wondering if you're going to survive it. One day, the sky is blue and clear, and suddenly, seemingly from nowhere, a storm comes. They do not tell you they're coming. Now, for illustration's sake, let's just pretend today that you're flying a plane. You're the captain or the captainette. You're 30,000 feet up. The sky is blue. All is calm. And you're the captain, and you're flying this jet. You're in charge. And suddenly you see that storm cl- clouds are approaching fast gusts of turbulence suddenly slam into the plane most of us have been in jets when that happens they come suddenly turbulence the plane shakes it rattles sometimes it even does like this the plane begins to shake and to lurch and before you know it you're in a storm now pilots are taught and highly trained to navigate through storms and turbulence it's part of their training now i want to take what they're taught and i want to apply it to the spiritual arena of life to the way we really live where we really live now the first thing that a pilot is taught is when you hit a storm return to the simple fundamentals Peter Drucker said in any circumstances of disruption severity disorientation or sensory overload all pilots will hear three words drilled into their brain throughout their training here's the three words fly the plane fly the plane return to the fundamentals and fly The plane. When storms come, your first priority, folks, is to fly the plane called your life. When those temptations hit, financial trouble, marital trouble, the first thing you need to know is I am not going to crash. God expects me. I know the Word. I know the Scriptures. I know His will. I am not going to crash. I'm not going to be a fiery ball of disaster. I'm going to fly the plane. He's called me to fly the plane, to stay steady in the storm. Remember the fundamentals and stick to them like glue. Remember what you learned from God when skies were blue and all was well. What did you learn from God when everything was going great, when everything was calm, when the skies were blue and clear? What did you learn from God? What are the fundamentals that fly the plane and keep you steady in the storm? How do I stay steady in the storm? How do I fly the plane spiritually when storms hit? First of all, time with God. You spend time with God. The worst time to draw away from God is in a storm. Imagine for a moment, you're the co-pilot and you're looking at the captain and you've hit this storm in the sky. And in the middle of the storm, what if the captain ripped off his headset and cut communication with the tower and then turn and said to you I'll get through this on my own you would say what of all times what do you mean you've cut communication with the control tower in a storm of all times. We can't see the ground. We can't see ahead of us. We're surrounded by a mass of clouds and lightning and turbulence. What do you mean? You're disconnecting from the control tower in a storm. But I've seen people go through financial trouble, marital trouble, temptations. They are in a storm. They can't see in front of them. They can't see around them. They can't see the ground. They don't know if they're up or down and they cut communication with the tower. They say, why has God let this happen to me? Why has God allowed this into my life? Why has God let me go through this? He has forsaken me. No, no, no. What did you learn when the skies were blue and all was clear? You learned to stay in touch with the control tower. God, please understand me, wants to speak to you in your storm. God wants to talk to you in your storm. What I'm sharing with you today, I have lived out in the last two years. In the last two years, Kathy and I have been through the storm of our life. We have never passed through anything even close to it. And I guarantee you, I couldn't see the ground. I couldn't see in front of me. I couldn't see around me. And the only thing that kept me to the place where I can stand up and talk to you today and minister the Word of God and see souls saved and see a church grow is because when that storm hit, I knew enough to know, fly the plane. Fly the plane. Just fly that plane. And I'm going to tell you what kept me sane was I stayed in touch with the control tower. Oh yeah, I would go out back every morning at the rising of the sun and I would open up that Bible and I would cry out to God and I found that even though I was surrounded by clouds, surrounded by lightning, surrounded by rolling thunder, couldn't see what I was doing, where I was going, what was going on around me, yet I found that the one who sits in the control tower is faithful to talk to you, to give you a word that holds you up. And when you're in a storm, One word from God will stand you on your feet. One word from God will strengthen you in your inner man. One word from, I held on to the word that God gave me and that word carried me and still carries me. I can't tell you how many times I've returned to what God said to me when I sought him out in my backyard with the birds chirping and the sun rising. I found that God talks in the storm and he gave me a word and that word anchored my soul. That word anchored my life. I wasn't going by circumstances. I was going by the word of the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. If you can see it, you don't need faith. It's when you can't see it that you need faith. I want you to listen to the psalmist God says, call upon me in the day of trouble. Call upon me in the time of your storm. I will deliver you. I will deliver you. I will deliver you. God says, call upon me when the thunder's rolling, the lightning is flashing, and you're being rocked by turbulence. That's when you remember the fundamentals. Contact the control tower. Psalms 86, 7 says, in the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. God hasn't forsaken you in the storm. God hasn't left you to perish in a storm. Didn't we learn that with the disciples going across the Sea of Galilee in a boat, Jesus sleeping in the helm? A storm rose up and threatened to take their very life. And they woke Jesus up and said, don't you care? Don't you care? We're perishing. Jesus kind of yawned, looked around and said, don't you understand, boys? I have my way in the wind and in the storm. I have my way in the storm. This storm is not bigger than me. It is subject to me. I'm walking on the very thing that is troubling you. And so he talked to the wind and talked to the waves, and they were still. And they said, Whoo! Who is this that we are following? Even the winds and the waves of a storm obey Him. You know what I have found? When you seek the control tower in the middle of your storm, He'll give you a word, and that word has a way of giving you a placid calm on the inside when all around you the storm is raging, yet you have peace in the middle of the storm, the peace that passes all understanding. Is anybody hearing me today? We don't walk with... Hey, we don't walk with a dead God. We walk with a living Savior who has charge over the storm. It's especially in a storm that we need to fellowship and commune with God in prayer. So stay in touch with the voice in the control tower. I think of David at Ziklag. There he was forsaken by everybody. All of his men were talking about stoning him. He had lost everything. His wives kidnapped, his children gone, all of his goods, everything ransacked and robbed and stolen. His own men had rocks in their hand ready to stone him to death. And what did David do? Did he say, that's it, God has left me? No, he got on his knees and he accessed the control tower. And God said, you chase the Amalekites down. I'm going to give everything back to you. You're going to gain everything back that was stolen. Stolen from you, I'm gonna return it to you. And based on a word from the control tower, David marched against the enemy and everything was changed because in the storm he sought God. Now, the second thing I see is stay in fellowship with believers. Stay in fellowship with believers in the middle of a storm. Let's say that after throwing off the headset and saying, I'm not gonna be in touch with the control tower any longer. The captain turned to the co-pilot and said, "Get out of this cockpit. I'm flying alone." Then he'd know you were crazy, because now not only have you cut communication with the control tower, but you've cut communication with somebody who could have counseled you with some wisdom. The co-pilot would have had every right at that point to say, "But you need input." I can see some things you can't. I can help you through it. The captain would be insane to separate himself from support. Now, I know that believers are not perfect, and a lot of times God will let you encounter Job's counselors, and they'll tell you everything that happened to you is because of your own sin and your own life. But there are people who have wisdom, and let me tell you, God will give you a handful of people when you're in the middle of a storm, and do not cut yourself off from them. Take their hands, say, Pray for me. I may call you at two in the morning. I may call you at three in the morning, but I'm in the storm. I'm in turbulence. This jet is being rocked back and forth. Now, I'm in touch with the control tower, but I need somebody with skin on them. I need somebody human. I need somebody who also walks with God to say to me, I've been through storms. He helped me through to the other side. Brother, I'll pray with you. Sister, I'll pray with you any time of the day or night. We're in this together. If you bleed, I bleed. You hurt, I hurt. You rejoice. I'm going to rejoice with you. That's what fellowship is all about. The captain would be insane to separate himself. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. That's powerful. In 1912, the famous ship Titanic was racing toward its final destination in New York. 25-year-old Jack Phillips was busy transmitting a multitude of messages given him by passengers for friends, relatives, and business contacts. Understand, that was not his job as the senior communications coordinator. But he began to do this for the passengers. Shortly after 9.30, while busy transmitting, Phillips was suddenly interrupted by a message from the steamer Masaba, and the message read, ICE REPORT saw much heavy pack ice and great number large icebergs also field ice weather good clear but watch the ice but the crucial message sent to 25 year old jack phillips was ignored but it wasn't the last chance for the titanic the unsinkable ship Phillips was still furiously working, sending messages for the passengers when another message came bursting into his headset, this time from the Leyland Liner, Californian. Say, old man, we are stopped and surrounded by ice. The weary Phillips angrily replied, shut up, shut up, I'm busy. The rest is sad history. The two messages that could have averted a catastrophe went undelivered. The Titanic struck an iceberg around 1140 that night. Approximately two and a half hours later, the unsinkable ship broke in two and sank as water flooded its compartments. What happened there? Jack Phillips was in the, let's just say, the waters of life, and people who were in the same water with him, experiencing the same things he was, had been ahead of him and seen some things that he needed counsel about. But he said, you know what? I'm busy. And he was distracted. And those that were in fellowship with him in the water were ignored. I've had people say to me in a storm, Jeff, you needed this, you needed that. And they were right. And I grabbed their hand. I said, talk to me anytime. And listening to them saved me trouble the worst time to cut yourself off from the body of Christ is in a storm. Well, I think I'm just going to stay home, lick my wounds and watch Christian TV and uh. And I'm not going to go fellowship with people because I really don't want to be around Christians. You know, I just don't want to really be, I just want to be alone and and seek God. But you don't seek God, you're sinking. And you need people around you. You need people to reach out to you. And just like Jack Phillips ignored, ignored counsel from people in the same water with him, often Christians ignore counsel to their own demise, to their own catastrophe. The Bible says, Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the the assembling of ourselves together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. There's no lone ranger Christianity. You folks are here today because you're hungry for the word of God, but I would wager to say you're also hungry for fellowship. You need your faith lifted. Hey, we not, may not be perfect, but we love you. And the person next to you may not be perfect, but hey, we're doing our best to seek God. And at least we're in touch with the control tower. Come on, everybody. Paul said the manner of some people is to forsake the assembling of themselves together but he says you instead exhort one another and so much more as you see the day of judgment approaching Is not the day of Jesus Christ near Don't you see the signs of the times happening all around us? Did you know that not one thing needs to take place prophetically for the rapture of the church to uh, take place, for Jesus to come, for the trumpet to blow, and Christ to break through the clouds and come and get his church? And so we ought to be walking in the fear of the Lord, encouraging one another, loving one another, saying, come on, you can do it. Yeah, you're in a storm, but I went a little bit ahead of you. I went through that ice. I've been there, and I'm telling you, you can do it. Just slow down, and go through it carefully and together we're going to get to the other side praising God that's the will of God so can you say with me stay in church which is fellowship it's not a building it's not a steeple it's not stained glass it's fellowship with saints and the last thing is time in the word time in the word that's the third fundamental time in prayer time and fellowship and time in the word let's just say taking the illustration a little bit further that the captain not only disconnected from the tower and then disconnected from the co-pilot but then said you know i don't need this instrument panel anymore i believe autos go by sight. no i can't see anything no it's just clouds and lightning and thunder out there but i don't need that instrument panel And I don't need the control tower, and I don't need fellowship. Do you know that sounds insane? But that's what a lot of believers do when storms hit. Can I tell you that you hold in your hand God's instrument panel for you? The instrument panel is the Word of the living God. It's the Holy Scriptures. It is the Holy Bible. It is God's Word to you and to me. And it's not just there for the good times. It's there for an instrument panel. Because that pilot can't see anything in a storm. He doesn't know if he's upside down or right side up or flying sideways. He doesn't know if he's headed straight down to the ground or if he's headed towards the moon. He doesn't know which way he's going because his feelings are deceiving him. He has lost his equilibrium and so he's got to have that instrument panel. He looks at that panel and it says to him this is down, this is up, this is straight you're veering to the left, you're veering to the right you need to go straight again. You need to pull up. You need to come down. You need to this. You need to that. And looking at that panel, he can fly through fog and make it to his destination. This Bible is the instrument panel. And the Word of God says in a storm, we need to look at it. We need to read it. David said, your Word is a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. He said, Lord, direct my steps in your Word because I can't see around me. It's too foggy. It's too stormy. and if you'll look at that word, it'll say, Do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Trust me, trust me, trust me. And the control tower and fellowship and the word of God, the instrument panel, will guide you through those clouds. The day will come that the storm passes, but you don't. The storm goes away, but you keep on going. You come through into the sunshine of God's love and clear skies. He's a glory to God. It wasn't by might. It wasn't by power but I stayed in touch with the control tower I stayed in touch with my brethren and I kept my nose buried in the instrument panel and it guided me through to the other side yeah. you know you're in a storm and the instrument panel says forgive I don't want to forgive I that's what you got to do that's what the instrument panel is because if you don't forgive you're going down and then the instrument panel says go to church and fellowship with the saints I don't feel like being around them I don't want to be around those hypocrites well we want you we hypocrites need you we need you so you say well even though I don't feel like it and even though I'm just being rocked by turbulence the instrument panel says get in there and fellowship that's okay and the Bible says seek me with all of your heart if you seek me I will be found of you and I will speak to you in the middle of your storm but I don't even feel like getting out of bed Lord but the instrument panel says seek me so you follow what the instrument panel says and you seek God and in the middle of the storm he speaks and so you find that these three fundamentals keep you steady in the storm you may do this some maybe but at least you're still going straight. And you'll arrive. You'll arrive. You'll arrive. Can we stand together today? Can you say with me? Time with God. Time with the saints. Time in the Word. Fly the plane. how you do it next week don't miss it it's called slow down slow way down for some of you that's going to be great news lord we thank you today for making us storm ready lord i pray for every marital financial storm every storm of temptation happening in the lives of believers here today Help us to not just hear your word, but do it. So that in the end, our house won't crash. But we'll emerge stronger than before. I want you to take a minute before we leave. Say, Lord, I'm in a storm, or I sure sense a storm coming. And I receive this word, and I'm just going to stay steady in the storm. And just say, Lord, help me to apply what I just heard to my everyday, every day. You're not going to be a faith catastrophe. You're going to be a faith survival. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and just take a minute, worship the Lord. I hope you're remembering to praise Him, to thank Him all week long. Lead us, Steve, would you? And as we sing, talk to God about it. Keep me true, Lord Jesus. Keep me true. Yes, Lord.